Bryn Springer! Hey, Bryn, have you seen Steel Magnolias? Oh my god, yes, I love that movie. Jonesy, you've seen it, right? Uh-uh. Hey, Tony. Yeah. You've seen Dracula, right? Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. Lena, you've seen it. What do you think? Steel Springer! Hey, Bryn, have you seen <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's? Oh my god, Weekend at Bernie's saved my life. Jonesy, you have to have seen it. Oh my god! No! No, I haven't. Of course not. It's seen Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the best. That movie scared the out of me when I was a kid. You know, did scare the shit out of you? I have not seen that one, and I will be praying for all of your souls. It's your film spring, Alina. I haven't seen it. It's showtime! Hey, everybody! Welcome to Film Springer! Film Springer! Film Springer! <laughs> a podcast about all of your favorite films and your sheltered friend who's never seen them. I am Tony, and I'm here with... Hey, guys, I'm Bryn, or as my camera has decided, the ghost of Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so if you're watching us on YouTube right now, I don't know why I look like this. Yeah, she's wearing, it, wearing a very 90s... What did you describe it as, Bryn? Oh, like I was super into grunge in the eighth yeah. grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're sure. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> and then my camera is making me just super weird and pale. But if you're listening to the podcast, I'm just a normal, beautiful woman. Yes. And, <laughs> and I'm always weird and pale. I'm Jonesy. <laughs> hey. I want that on a shirt. Always weird and pale. <laughs> so everybody you guys this week's film that we're covering is a night is a 1961 um, american romantic comedy it is an iconic film um breakfast at tiffany's with audrey hepburn which yeah. i was very surprised that jonesy has never seen this film i was as well I was really surprised. And this, this was, was one of my. Um, I know why. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's a lot we're going to unpack about that. Um, but it, this is from last, our last uh, movie we did was Love and Other Disasters, which featured um, Breakfast at Tiffany's a lot in the film. Like it was referenced a lot. So I thought it was a good little tie in for this week. But it was, it was um, a very nice transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this movie personally. I've watched it. I can't even count how many times I've watched this film over the yes. years. And it, and it, it. There are parts we will talk about that are very problematic, <laughs> but it is a good yeah. film. I can't help it. It's a good film, all in all. Um, should we watch the trailer? Get everybody yes, in the mood for a little breakfast trailer. at Tiffany's. Yeah, let's have a little breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> Won't you join me? Yes, join Audrey Hepburn as you've never seen her before, kicking over the traces and bringing to life Truman Capote's breakfast at Tiffany's. I never could do that. Audrey Hepburn as Holly Golightly, who typifies and glorifies the glamorous playmates of this dizzily spinning world as she and George Peppard breeze through the glitter and shimmer of New York as it has never been captured before. You have a special invitation to attend Audrey Hepburn's open house on the wildest night New York ever knew. Yes. So we cut that off because it's so long. But you get the gist. You get the gist. (laughs) 
And most people, I think, have seen it. Um, Brent, give us a quick rundown of your cat. No, <laughs> cat, I love it. Oh, it's it like the, the cat show. in the movie, cat. Yeah, cat. She's just like the cat. cat. Yeah, <laughs> she's always popping up all over the place when she doesn't need to be. Give us so, a quick rundown of what the movie's about. You know, I have to tell you, I don't really know what this movie is about. After watching it many, many times. Um, I don't know what the central themes are. I don't know what we are supposed to take from this movie other than I am immediately going on a all broth diet. Um, Audrey, <laughs> so know. thin. So thin. Um, so it is about a woman about town. I think in all of the messaging for the movie, they called her a kook because they didn't want to call her a call girl. It was, she was a female escort. In other, um, yes. she's but been not an escort. They, yeah. they made an, uh, a decision to call her a kook because yeah. they were like, don't want to call her a call girl. Don't want her to seem like she's like a lady of the night. Um, so Holly go lightly is our heroine to feel better. She likes to eat a croissant and drink some coffee while looking at Tiffany's. And she did not finish that croissant because <laughs> no, I was didn't. thinking, I was thinking a woman that looks like Audrey Hepburn is not eating croissants. And then she threw it away. <laughs> after the fight, so I was like, she's like, fuck seems this. Right. <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. God, I um, and that. she's, living like her sort of bon vivant lifestyle. And then she meets Fred, her upstairs neighbor. He becomes sort of in Paul, but she calls him Fred. Oh, she calls him Fred. Yeah. yeah, Paul. His name is Paul Varjak. And he's an author who has a sugar mama who's sort of, you know, he's like in a weird deal, just like Holly's in a weird deal. And then later we find out that Holly's real name is Lou LeMay and she was married when she was 14 and she tried to escape that. She's got a brother named Fred who's in the army and she can play the ukulele <laughs> and she's got a cat. And I, well, and and she lost about- her accent by lose, by learning French. That's pretty much the plot. <laughs> I, for the longest time to add on to your point, I did not know what this film was about. I just remember loving it. Um, But it is based off of, I believe it's the 1948 book by, um, oh God. I know, I had it up. Yeah, Truman Truman Capote Capote. wrote it. Yeah, and the book was set in 1948 is when the book was set, but it came out in, in a couple years before the film, if I remember right. Um, but the book actually is much different, not a whole lot different, different, but the tone is much different than the movie. Paul is gay in the book. Yeah, actually in the book, the book is all from Paul's perspective, Mm -hmm. unlike the movie. And they never allude and come out to say that he's gay in the book, but it's always alluded to. But But they make it very clear that he is not interested in Holly in a romantic way. Because in the book, he refers to his love for Holly as his mom's one of his mom's like best friend or a sister kind of yes yeah it's not at all because it's it's truman capote so it's like and he was an openly gay gay guy writing a bunch of books but the it was a novella the book Mm -hmm. and the character of holly golightly in the book um was 19 at the at the time and got married yeah. at 14 where the movie when Audrey Hepburn shot the movie she was in her early 30s and she had just yeah. had a child and that's why she was super thin because of the pregnancy afterwards and Oh stuff. yeah that's what happens when you get pregnant <laughs> Yeah for her apparently she lost like got super skinny afterwards and then 
This yeah. does not happen no. to anyone but, but her. <laughs> so the book was written in 1958 is when it was written. Um, and it took the, in the book, the, the timeline was 1940, 43 or 48. I can't okay. remember offhand, but yeah. yeah. And the book is much seedier and much darker, darker. tones to it than yeah. the movie. It's not going very lightly. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff in the book that's in the movie. It's just halfway through the movie. Uh, the movie follows the book pretty much until like the mid part of the movie. Then it takes a drastic change because the book ends with Paul, the Paul character, and um, Holly Golightly having a huge falling out and never speaking to each other again. Never talking again. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was it. And you know in the movie, the character in the movie, the big tall girl, the tall girl in the white that I love in there. Yeah, from Arkansas. Yes. Wild. Wild. Huh? What, what is her? It's like Wild Creek or Wild Burger. Something like that. But in okay. uh, Meg Wild, Wild Wood is the character's Wild name. Wild Wood. In yeah. the book, she has a huge part in the book. It's Holly's best friend in the book. Yeah. Which and is then so she's bizarre. Just like, what are you doing here? I know. But the film, we'll go back. We'll, we'll talk more about the film now since we kind of covered the book. So, um, Bryn, when was the first time you saw this film and became Ooh, aware uh, of it? Yes. I saw this film in like middle school at yeah. a sleepover. Really? So all the girls were just like the whole <laughs> night being Audrey Hepburn. And then, you know, and I was always very aware of it, like of the costume of always being like mm. breakfast at Tiffany's and that being a huge costume um, for women, especially um, in my neighborhood with the moms <laughs> that hung out with my mom. Um, <laughs> oh, I saw that in a weird way. And um, so I, we watched it. And we just thought it was like so amazing and so glamorous and like didn't really understand any of the undertones, but just yeah. thinking like, ooh, Tiffany's, breakfast at Tiffany's. And, um, you know, just thinking Audrey Hepburn is like the most beautiful woman in the history of the world. But then I think, you know, like she was also very sad. I think I like as continually inspired generations of sad girls. Because yeah. you're like sad, but also you like envy her and she's so beautiful and elegant, but like her life is like meaningless and sad. And then I like, I wonder why everyone gets like anxiety and depression when we get to our age. Cause we're like, we're not living like Holly Golightly. And it's like, you don't want to live I like know. Holly Golightly. So we're really stuck. <laughs> we're yeah. rock in a hard place. What about you, Tony? When did you go um, first? I, I think I was probably around, I had to be like 10, 11, 12, around that age. And I remember watching it on like, it was like Turner Classic Movies yep. or one of those ones. And I remember watching it because we weren't allowed to watch it, but I stumbled on it. And it's the same, The I think why I love this film, because it's about a, about a woman who just lives life by her own beat and does like what she kind of wants. And I've always been attracted to those type of characters in films. And this one, I just, I was obsessed with like the, the Hollywood glamor filter this film had and how beautiful it was and the little black dress and just how effortlessly gorgeous Audrey Hepburn was in the film. And even her acting and the way she was, it just seemed so effortless. And, and I was like, like your European accent that. that you can't place. Yeah. Like a weird European accent. Hey, her and Brittany Murphy have that in common, I guess. I know. <laughs> What's the accent? But George Papard in this film, I remember as a kid, I had the huge just crush. I thought he was Ooh, so yeah. freaking handsome. Oh, mm -hmm. 
I did. Oh, he's yeah. very handsome. Yeah, but I remember really, really falling in love with the film, and when I first saw it as a kid, just really wanting her her lifestyle and get finding that romance at the end of the film where the two characters, Paul and her finally share that kiss. And then it's just all romantic in the rain with the cat and all of that stuff. Even though she makes a weird mouth face thing, when yeah, she goes she to kiss. Him. <laughs> right. <laughs> or is it just me that noticed it? No. Kissing like my grandpa. Yeah. What? <laughs> he did not like George Papard. No, they were they became better friends after filming, but during the film, they didn't get along. And so did um Patricia, Patricia Neal, who played 2E, um, the woman, the Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. The her and um George did not get along during the filming of he, the everyone said that he was like really pompous yeah. and wouldn't take notes and no no one <laughs> Yeah. wanted him around <laughs> wanted him around. but the film was directed by blake edwards who really fought for the film he wasn't the original director but audrey hepburn had um what's it called she feuded with the original director that's why blake uh, edwards came in and directed it um but what's it called truman capote did not want no. Audrey Hepburn cast as Holly Golightly. When you read the oh, book, why? it was written for Marilyn Monroe. The character Monroe. in the book is so Marilyn Monroe. But she so, said no. No, yeah. So, so did Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. And Kim Novak. You're like, what? Yeah. But at I least Shirley MacLaine says she regrets it. But yeah. yeah but this Capote. film made Audrey Hepburn. This is what people think when you say Audrey Hepburn. Roman, uh, Roman Holiday and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Hit peak, right? And her in that dress, and like yeah. it's hard to imagine anyone else playing her, but the person who actually wrote the character was like, I "No, know. this is so miscast." <laughs> uh-uh. But I loved. I remember as a kid when I watched it, um, I was like, "Yep, I'm gay." Um, <laughs> 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 oh, and I loved the costuming for this, and Givenchy Ooh, was the designer for it. Who later, like when. In my early 20s, I was really into, like, Vogue magazine and all of the fashion stuff. And I used to really love Givenchy's designs, and especially his pie clone when it came out. I remember I was obsessed with it. But that started, my obsession with Givenchy back in the day started from this movie. Because he made the two dresses. Or he did a couple of dresses for this. But he also costumed her originally in Sabrina. He showed up to her studio before she was shooting Sabrina and he thought her he she introduced herself I remember I remember as Catherine Hepburn and he was um he told her I don't have time for you madam right now. And so she asked if she could just see stuff from the last collection and she picked three dresses off of the rack and wore them in Sabrina. And oh, they gosh. became like iconic looks from the movie and then from then on her and Givenchy had a great relationship, and he costumed her almost for everything. Oh, so. she pulled a real pretty woman on him. Yeah, <laughs> she did. <laughs> <Got the commission. laughs> but it the movie did really well. It made mm-hmm. fourteen million, and it only cost two point five million to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, they said that the biggest production like point of it was there were two things. This was the first time that Tiffany's ever opened on a Sunday. Yeah. Was to shoot for this. And they had to bring on like what, like 35 extra bodyguards and like it cost all this money. Yeah. And then the party scene, they took like <sighs> six days to shoot it. 
and spared like no expense. That's my favorite scene in the whole film. I'm like, I wanted, I wanted to throw a party in the mirror. She's in the mirror laughing at herself. She's in the mirror crying at herself. And the whole party scene was choreographed, but the director let all of the extras improvise their own little gimmicks. Like the whole thing with the woman in the mirror. He just said to the actress, you like to laugh, laugh in the mirror. And then he said, yeah, I think she'll have a breakdown. So she ended up crying six days later. It's the best part. A lot of it was made up. Like they just came up with it on the spot. Yeah, when the agent goes, what's what do, what's your name? When you called, and that tall lady goes, Irving. Irving. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Irving's I think we have a character. clip of the party scene. Do we have a clip? Oh. Yeah, let's watch the clip of the party scene. The people. Oh, have. awesome! I mean, I love the music. There's no dialogue, so we can talk over it for the people on the podcast. <laughs> Henry Henry Mancini. <laughs> oh, Henry Mancini. He wrote the music, right? Yep. Yeah. Moon River. Oh, so good. And I love um, when her best friend comes and <laughs> she's like, she's dreadful. And she's she dreadful. Yeah, she's <laughs> dreadful boar. Dreadful boar. That's what it is. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, it is. It is. It made me want to throw cocktail parties like in my early 20s because of this movie. I was like, I love it. Oh, Everybody's dressed yes. up to the nines looking yes. fabulous. Like the Mad Men style. And all, everybody in the party scene was drinking alcohol. The director had champagne brought in and everybody got completely loaded for that scene. So Love it was it. a real, like, a party. And nice. he said, the director, um, Blake, said that he had so much footage from the party scene that he was able to just pick and choose the funniest moments and put it all together. Because I mean, he said it was so really good- like a party. That's so fun. Right? And oh, Jonesy, as an actress, wouldn't that be amazing to do that? I would love that job. Right? Heck yes. Just Heck yes. A, yeah, it reminds me of, I did that in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I was pretty much drunk the whole show. Yeah. Oh, I've heard this story. <laughs> but yeah, the film um, also, it it was, the film to me also was really weird compared to the book because the book, real, she was real, like we talked earlier, really an escort, a lady of the night. Um, and one reviewer called her an American geisha, which was prob- problematic at the time it's with other parts There's of the film, which we will get into. Um, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, but I also like that they kind of took the Paul character and made him kind of a gigolo kind of character. I like That's that the vibe I got. On- they put them on yeah. equal footing in that yeah. way because I was like, he can't judge her. Like, not that you should, but also they, they were like, oh, he's sort of doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so true. <laughs> but yeah, the um, the music for this movie. Henry Mancini. Yeah, when the producers from Paramount or the he- the studio head saw the film and with an audience, they wanted the Moon River song cut. From the film, yes, they said I no. Heard that. And Audrey Hepburn stood up and said, "Over my dead body," and they kept it in the <laughs> film. And it was the only Oscar the film won was for uh, Moon River. Best, yeah, best yeah, song. Best wow. song. Is that crazy? Henry Mancini. <laughs> you gotta Henry Mancini. Henry Mancini. The score of the film is beautiful. I think it is, and the way it's shot is so gorgeous. The way it makes New York as New a York third look, character, like, another like character, the pinnacle of like. God. 
New York is the place to be yeah. and like, look at what it's like. And then she, when she's like walking down the street, even in the first shot, mm. when she gets out of the cab yes. and she's walking around Tiffany's and you're just like, oh man. You're like, I want to do that. That's you the know, light. Audrey Hepburn hated croissants. Hated them. I was like, I want to throw away a croissant in front of Tiffany. <laughs> What's to hate about a croissant? Thank it you. just makes me want one. <laughs> so weird. I want a croissant and coffee. But I was also like looking at that croissant and I was like, that croissant is too crispy. Too crispy. Do you like it soft? Do you like it soft? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's soft. It's always it's soft on the inside. Right. Holy <laughs> moly, man. Yeah. Oh, man. But this film, um, there was debauchery. a lot of uh, debauchery. There was a lot of debauchery <laughs> in the film. Um, there is, before we get into Jonesy's per- perception of the film, there is a topic of the film that is very heated even today yeah. is the character that Mickey Rooney plays in the film. He plays a Japanese character, but in yellow face. And it's not super good. offensive and racist and still does not hold up even to this day. It's cringeworthy when you watch it. Man. So when I was doing research for the show on this, it was very interesting, the different point of views when it came to the topic of Mickey Rooney's character in this film. In the book, just so everybody knows, in the book, that character makes a very small appearance at the beginning of the book and never is talked about again. The character in the book that does everything that... What is the character in the movie's name? I can't... I'm trying to... It's like Mr. I'm not even going to try because I'm all I'm not going to try. (laughs) Nope. Yona... Mr. Offensive. Yeah, Mr. Offensive. I think it's like Mr. Uniyashi. (laughs) Uniyashi, I think is how you say it. But anyway, so in the book, it's played by an older woman is the character. It's like one of those like typical nosy neighbors. Yeah, and I'm like, like... why didn't they keep that from the book and transferred it to the movie or just keep the character a white character? Why the Why yellow? Why did you have to make him Japanese like that? I read that um, a lot of everybody involved with the film really wanted to recast Mickey Rooney, but it, the reason why they kept that character in there, Mickey Rooney playing it, was because of the director, Blake Edwards. He was really wanting him in the film to do it. And now and he regrets it. Yeah, I and mean, it's Mickey supposed Rooney... to be the comic relief, yeah. right? That, yeah. But it's just so, was it oh. ever not problematic? Like, when it was released, where people were like, it's good comedy. Well, the Yeah, thing, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, well, the thing when it was released, um, at the time in America, the civil rights movement was just kick-starting. Yeah. But people just didn't protest. People didn't say anything, even though... People were offended by it. It was just the norm back there in 1961, which today, God forbid that happens, you would be canceled like nobody's business. Oh, so and like Mickey Rooney has waffled back and forth, like in his autobiography, he was like, I'm ashamed that I did that. And then later on, someone was like, What about this? And he was like, It was funny. (laughs) He was like, Okay. Yeah. Okay, sit down, Grandpa. (laughs) This is a question for both of you when it comes to this particular character in the film. Do you think it diminishes the film as being a good film because they have that character in there? Or is it a kind of not a a bit of a reminder of what America used to be and looking and going, that would not even fly today. That wouldn't even fly 15 years ago as of where mindset of people were back then? It's tough. It's like a little bit of a case of separating the art from the artist. It's like, can you pluck out this one? And believe me, like, I agree with 
um, there's been this whole movement of like, people are thinking, well, we'll just cut that part out Mm -hmm. and then pretend like it didn't happen. And I don't think that that's effective or good because we can't just, you know, erase it and and pretend like we weren't like this. So it reminds us, but I think it's hard to like, I mean, I think, you know, every time you show it or every time you sort of hold it up or watch it, like there are people that are going to be hurt by it. For sure. For sure. But it also reminds you of the racism within Hollywood. That's still happening. Because, I mean, if you look at even film in the last 10 years, the representation of um, Asian people and even Hispanic people are hardly, hardly anywhere. If you really look at film and how many films come out a year in the big budget films, you don't really see representation of Asian people or Hispanic people for that. Yeah, like Hispanic people and like particularly Asian people and like Asian men are like really super underrepresented. So then it's like, well, we want an Asian man, but like the character. It's a, we don't want to give an opportunity. We right. don't want to give an opportunity There's, to an actual Asian yeah. kid to play this. It's yeah, like there's still caricatures, weird. even if they're not as wildly offensive, but it's still a caricature. Yeah. You know what's really interesting though? This movie came out in 1961, the same year Flower Drum Song came out with an all Asian cast. Oh wow. Isn't that bizarre? It Which is I love bizarre. that film. God, it's Flower such a Drum good Song is the best. <laughs> you know, have you seen that? Nope. Oh my god. <laughs> no. So Jonesy, no. what did yeah. you think um for the first time watching yeah. this? What was your take? Because I'm sure you've heard about this film a lot, right? So yes. there's been a lot of iconic images from this film um and fashion from this film. So experiencing it for the first time and seeing the source material of where all this stuff comes from, how did that make you feel? And how was it watching the problematic uh, Mickey Rooney character for the first time? Yeah, because Tony and I knew it was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I sure. knew it was coming as well. Um, I know enough about the film because it's so iconic to know that that was a part. Um, I didn't realize there were as many scenes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> when it kept going, I was like, oh, okay. Yep. It's just going to keep going. <laughs> They're not going to stop. Okay. Did it yeah, make you so uncomfortable? Right. <laughs> it made me um, uncomfortable. I fast forwarded the parts because I kind of cringeworthy. No, I watched it in its entirety. Uh, yeah. Plus the app I was watching it through on the TV wouldn't let me fast, let you fast forward or rewind. <laughs> So it was like, pause or play, bitch. That's it. That's all Um, you get. (laughs) um, But it was very problematic to see, and it just felt very unnecessary. Um, And I agreed. Like, the film stands alone without it. You could absolutely just cut those scenes out. And, you know, maybe if they're playing it on... TV in the middle of the day, that's what you should do. Just like you would kind of sh- take a rated R movie and cut out certain scenes when you're playing it in the middle of the day on basic cable. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it should be erased completely because it is a part of our history and our history in filmmaking. And you do have to keep that as a ruler of how far we've come and yeah. how far we need to go. And, um, you know, I think, in projects like ours, we should still have access to that kind of full thing. But maybe the made-for-TV version, <laughs> we don't have to keep putting that yeah. there. No, so I that's agree. my kind of um, compromise situation of yeah. how we can move forward, maybe. I know that's not easily done with every movie. 
Uh, no. Maybe characters are woven in a lot more. But uh, also, to too, story. with that character appearing in the film, at that time within American film history, most of the Asian representation had been villains up to that point. Yeah. Or if it was a female I- Asian woman in a movie, they were they were exotic kind of... Pro- they probably like, played a prostitute. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes, so, they were like concubines or... So like that, I yeah. wish they would have found a really good comedic Asian actor. In, yeah. You know what I mean? And also, too, like doing the research, it made me remember that America's history with uh, Asian racism goes way back. I mean, we had concentration camps, 15 of them. In, in yeah, we had camps, internment camps. Internment camps. Correct. We were like just... Hey, you look Asian, and we're in a yeah. war with Asia. I'm just gonna lock you up. I was like, we're also in a war with Germany. Where you're going around locking, locking all the that? Germans yeah. up. This is a World War II podcast now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a history podcast. But oh it was gosh. interesting that um, in 1991, one of the Star Trek movies—I forget which one it was—but George Takei um, was one of the main characters who didn't speak with. Um, an Asian accent and who had his own ship and was like, not like, yes, sir. And all that kind of stuff, even though he was in the series before, but it was this particular Star Trek movie that came out in 1981. I can't remember the name of it where he was like, a normal Just a guy. Yeah, they didn't do a Is it the one where they have to get the whale back in time? <laughs> There's so many of them. I can't remember. That was a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, go find but a yeah, whale. like, I think when I rewatch the film now, um, especially with the climate we're in, it was very much more triggering and much more just, I don't know. It was much more. It made me aware. very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. It made me very yeah. uncomfortable. And then I started looking it, and thinking like, there isn't a lot of representation for Asian people in film. And then I was thinking, what about Hispanic people? No, we have Selena. <laughs> in my familia. That's it. <laughs> Coco. Coco. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, man. But we are halfway through the show. You know what time it's for? Do you guys know? Well, hey, look, up the, look up the music. No. What, what do we call our six degrees? There it is. <gasps> Dolly Parton. Rachel Maddow. I, well, I spend an hour with her every single day. I once played a drinking game with Celine Dion, Liza Minnelli. Cher, Laura Dern. I don't know her. Who would you say is the most famous person in your phone? About my good friend Ben Affleck and his crippling addiction to back tattoos. I have the best Lady Gaga story of all time. I hate him, loathe her, over them. Cancel it, tell me everything. <laughs> so this is a segment it's our version of six degrees name drop we're gonna pick a person from this film an actor and then try to connect that actor with an actor from the f- next film we're doing which um i i don't know I'm how we're gonna when do it this comes to the older movies i know oh my goodness this is gonna be I hard no what do you think <sighs> bryn pick pick an actress or actor from this film it, I mean, I, like it has to be Audrey Hepburn. I mean, right? she's the, she's the closest, or like well, the most. We already popular. did Mickey Rooney last time. Yeah. yeah. So the next this is film hard. I don't think we're gonna get this one. I don't either. This one's gonna be tricky because the next film <laughs> was 1989. So there's a big, <laughs> couple years a in between. Um, who should we pick from the the next film? Should we do Beverly D'Angelo? I mean, or, or, I don't know. 
Um, this is going to be a hard one, y'all. This is going to be hard. Tough. Yeah. Let's Should uh, we just skip this segment this week? <laughs> Let's skip it. Let's skip it this week. You know what? We're going to pick. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do Audrey Hepburn and Chevy Chase. If any of you out there can you get it, because you know we can't, leave it in the comments below on the video or DM us on Instagram, um, Film Springa, and we will revisit this on the next episode and yes. shout it out and let you let you know who actually made the connection between and Audrey Hepburn. Kills me not and to be able to do I this, but I just can't put the energy <laughs> between to it. Audrey Hepburn so and Chevy Chase. Those are those are your six degrees, everybody. So get to get to work, oh figure it out. Because we're we're we can't. We can't, can't. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> okay, Moving Jonesy, <laughs> give us your initial reaction to the film, how it made you feel, all of that. Take a we already covered the Mickey Rooney part, so we don't need to do that, but just like <laughs> Your feel yeah. of the film. What it made So the rest of it, it was actually better than I expected. I expected okay. it to be because uh, like I when I see the girls who have all who are like, Oh yeah, Audrey Hepburn, my breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like basic big basic <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you are judging them? I am. And then now I'm judging them. And so I just thought this would be a basic bitch movie and kind of blah. And it was, wasn't, it was actually pretty good and yeah. enjoyable. Um, it was filled with debauchery. So I understand why I was never allowed to watch it yeah. because it's literally just one bad thing to the next bad thing <laughs> with bad people doing bad things endlessly. You never get to see anyone bone. No, it's um, just implied. It's implied. Plus they're both. I didn't think there was any debauchery in this film. <laughs> They're both I feel it was courtesans. Um, I was like, that's a Saturday night for me, everything that happened in this film. I mean, yeah, I know. a tame Saturday Anything. night. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm speaking from the... Okay. The child. With the evangelical glasses on. Got it. Yeah. It's Got very it. sinful. It's all the deadly sins. It's very <laughs> bad. But did you um, enjoy it with those goggles on? Let's let's see. <sighs> If I have, no, but I did enjoy it with the goggles off. That's what I was okay. getting to next. Yeah. So take those yes. goggles off. Give us okay. your, your viewpoint of it, <laughs> Lena, now watching it. I, I feel like I watched it at the appropriate age, <laughs> 38. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's, the That's the appropriate age. age. Jesus so Christ. Brynn's like, I was is. a sleepover in like elementary <laughs> school. Yeah, I, I was know. like 10. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You must be thirty-eight or older to watch this." Film. Well, diamonds don't look good over on a on a what is it? A woman under forty? A woman under forty? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm like, so, um, yeah, I'm almost old enough to wear diamonds. Almost. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm well past tacky. that age. <laughs> You're almost at your diamond birthday. I'm almost at my diamond birthday. Is that um, what forty is? Your diamond birthday? It is now. What is the fifty? Is fifty pearl? Is that when you get a pearl necklace? Nope, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. I I knew it when it was coming out of my mouth. I was like, nope, stop, stop. And it still went, nope, not going to go there. Tony, I like your horny level tonight. Shut up. I know. How is this movie on the horny level for Brinsco? Go down there. Yeah. but It was a pearl, just a solitary pearl. There are people who trade sex for money, though. 
Yeah. Second child bride situation place. that I'm not Which into. And yeah. A real underlying sadness that I, I want active, fun, happy horniness. Yeah. So putting the church glasses back on, the reason why their lives are so sad is because it's filled of void, fun stuff, but that's just debauchery and nothing fulfilling like God or Jesus. Oh, oh dear totally. Lord. Glasses are off now. <laughs> you know what? Um, in the I film. I just you sinners. <laughs> you just called us it. all sinners. You hear that? We're all sinners. I'm okay with that. Me too. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but the film, um, towards the end, it gets a little sad. The book is sadder, though, I think, especially when yeah. you realize Fred is her brother and he dies. And then yeah. she has a meltdown in her apartment. Oh, my gosh. And wrecks everything. Rough. And I'm like, she is a skinny, skinny woman. How is she pushing that armoire over? Wow. <laughs> How does no she way. have the strength to do she that? She has a broken heart, man. I broken guess. heart will do that. Where do broken hearts go? No. <laughs> uh- <laughs> We are not that podcast. No, we're not that podcast. <laughs> but Jonesy, was there anything that surprised you with this film that you were shocked and awe with or like had that feeling? This is the one thing I always wonder with you, Jonesy, with the films we have reviewed. Watching them for the first time, is there ever a moment of <gasps> wonder like, oh, now I get where this reference comes from? Yeah. Um. Sometimes there wasn't too much because I already knew what it was referencing Mm -hmm. when I, the references I did know. Um, There were a few scenes like the scene with them in the five and dime shop when they're trying to steal. (laughs) I was like, Oh, "Oh, I've seen this scene before. I've seen this. I just didn't know what it was from and what context and why these adults were doing these things. Um, so did you so, ever hear me in Pensacola when we were having our crazy times in Pensacola? Because this is a thing I will do when I get drunk at bars is I'll go, I'll pay for my own whiskey and don't you forget it. <laughs> I always do I, that. Did you ever, have you ever heard me do that? I have. I just yes. thought that was something you came up with. <laughs> no. <laughs> you would say I that, Bryn? Oh, I all would, the time. Oh, my God. I just thought that was something Bryn said. <laughs> when intoxicated. Uh, but I yeah. do love, like, how in the movie Holly Golightly's character refers to Tiffany's as being home. Yes. Oh, and it just, yeah. I think we have that clip. Do we have that clip? Yeah, let's play that clip of how she describes Ooh. Tiffany's to her. Yeah, Especially good. when they go there. It's a peak movie. <laughs> Don't you just love it? Love what? Tiffany's. I love the music. Isn't it wonderful? Do you see what I mean? How nothing bad could ever happen to you in a place like this? It isn't that I give a hoot about jewelry except diamonds, of course. Like Yellow that. canary diamond. Yes. That's where that came from. Like, I'm obsessed with which I think are what do you think (laughs) well of course personally I think it'd be tacky to wear diamonds before I'm 40 well you're right but in the meantime you should have something I'll wait no I'm gonna buy you a present you bought me one a typewriter ribbon and it brought me luck all right but Tiffany's can be pretty expensive I've got my check and ten dollars oh I wouldn't let you cash a check but a present for ten dollars or under that I'll accept. 
course, I don't exactly know what we're going to find at Tiffany's for ten dollars. Her accent kills me. Do you guys own anything from Tiffany's? Yeah. What? Uh, I do. I have a ring from Tiffany's, actually. So when I was in middle school, it was the thing for the girls to have the Tiffany's bracelet. <gasps> yes, I remember that had this. like the weird um, toggle on the it and heart? the heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old were you when this came out? when this movie came out no when when that obsession because i remember this and i was in my 20s when it happened middles when i was in middle school oh god i'm old and then Um, i have a necklace that has a b a b like an ugly betty how she had the b for betty yep nice i had a ring from because this is way before rob i dated um a gentleman who is don't listen producer rob don't listen i had a i dated a gentleman who had he was very had a lot of money let's just put it so he bought me a ring from tiffany's and i still have it because i was like hell no it's tiffany's i'm keeping it (laughs) producer rob throw that away find it it from him throw it into mordor no way i'm gonna hawk that one day keep it yeah it's a pretty (laughs) ring why not Did you sage it? Can we sage it together? Oh, I only got it because I was like, oh, if he's going to offer, hell yeah, I'll get it. I'll say whatever yeah, I need, do whatever sa- I need to get that ring. Sage it and get the um, energy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. New good energy. <laughs> Boil it in hot water. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> get all the bad you know? mojo off of it. Yeah, you got to do it. That's what I'm going to uh, do with my but I do, I, I do love that, that scene when they go into Tiffany's and – she talks about it. Even at, do you notice through the whole movie, the color Tiffany blue shows up randomly in different yes, spots Tiffany throughout blue the everywhere. whole movie. Like her her mask that she wears with the glasses, Tiffany blue. And Irving's dress, Tiffany blue. <laughs> right? It's scattered throughout the whole movie. Oh, I Irving. Love it. Uh, Irving. I, you know what I never noticed until this? And I know that it's like clear because she takes them out and puts yeah. them in. But those tassels that she's wearing oh, when I she first those. meets Paul, they're earplugs. Yeah. They're earplugs and <laughs> I tassels. I never knew that. I thought they were earrings. I'm totally doing that costume for Halloween. Just an oversized <laughs> tuxedo shirt with the mask and the hair and just the tassels and walk around. So That's when... um. In in Big Little Lies, yeah. when they did the Audrey Hepburn party, or the they um all the women dressed up in the dress, like the Holly Golightly in the dress, and Reese Witherspoon did that. She had the mask oh, and see, the oversized suit. So yeah, yeah. Jonesy, you could pull she that great. off. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> you should, Jonesy. You would. Did pull you that know off. that the cat that they use in the film, there were nine cats that they used for the one yes. cat. And apparently, I feel so bad for the cat. I know. Apparently, in the last <laughs> scene with the rain, the cat, the cat stunk so bad that like the director just couldn't be around the cat. And Audrey Hepburn's here holding it and like smelling it. I'm smelling like, it. Mm. I was trying Kissing to get over it. I was trying to get Sparkles, our little cat, to yeah. recognize. I was like, Sparkles, look, it's like you. And she was like, I don't. Want She's this. like, I'm not having it. Leave me alone. Look at her right now. I don't want to be on camera. Don't She's like, get it, get me out of here. Can we talk about Audrey, Audrey Hepburn's um, bangs throughout the film? Her wisp of a bang <gasps> that drives moly, me crazy. That? I'm like, Where cut it all off. Where was on-set hairstylist? And why were they not paying attention? Drives me. Was all that you have style? to do is cut. Let me fix that real was. quick. I had a real problem with the streaks as well. See, I chunky, the streaks. Chunky streaks. I didn't like it. I, I have like, always been obsessed 
with the fashion from that era, like the late mm-hmm. 50s, early 60s, like in, um, I think it was Tom Ford's movie, Single Man. Oh, I love the mm. styling of that movie. Look at you. Um, but I've always been obsessed with that era. And like yeah. this way, maybe it started with this movie now. It that probably I did. I think that's where a lot, Jesus it started Christ. for a lot of people. Right? This and Sweet Charity. Oh, the, Sweet Charity. Good. The fashion good in Sweet Charity is a real... Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. What were some of um, your favorite parts of this movie, Bryn? When you Ir- Ir- Irving, Irving, okay. I mean, now, now that I look at it, I'm now? like, oh, Irving. Um, when I was young, I think it's like the opening scene, mm-hmm. and then the Moon River scene. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Moon River. Yeah, you know, he wrote that in like one key because she couldn't see. She couldn't do it, and I was like, yes. And then she I did also great, though. she did great. She, she did great. She did great, um, and made the, the part- song iconic. Yeah, and then also the part where Jed of the Beverly Hillbillies comes yes. to claim her, yeah, and he's like, "Make her eat." She's skinny, and I was like, "I bet you they wrote that just because they were like, people are going to be talking about how skinny Audrey no. Hepburn is." Well, well, this is tied around her waist twice. I was like, "What yeah. is that like?" <laughs> I can't remember if that's in the book or not. I can't remember if it's in the book, but I was like, I, "That's what I was thinking." I was like, "I want to go back and see if that was in the book because yeah. I bet you they put it in." Just I for actually this. really like the book. I actually kind of like the book a little better. Well, I like. I'm going to need blood. to read the book. Hmm? Yeah, you should read the book. What? What? Brand? It's good. Well, I love In Cold Blood, and this was oh, like yeah, Cold a Blood was pivot such a good book. from that. So I like both of the style. I like Truman Capote's style. I do too. I like his narrative and the way he really builds the characters, and how in the book the relationship between Paul and Holly are much deeper than it's, what's in the film. Yes, and I do like that in the book. They're not a romantic. There's not well, a romantic it's, relationship. It's like a. A relationship and a friendship built on like not just these like romantic feelings and not these feelings of jealousy. So like when he gets protective of her, it's because he's like, you are not doing what's good for you. It's not because like he's jealous or he wants ownership of her. It is much more of uh, of them being on an equal footing as opposed to these like possessive you know, relationship mm-hmm. feelings, which I loved in the book. It made it that much more complicated and yeah. rich. And the characters in the book, especially the, I guess you could say like the co-stars in the book or the mm-hmm. side characters were much more fleshed out, fleshed yes. out than in the film. Um, and added a little more to the story. I thought. Than, yeah. It's, than it the just film. made it a lot yeah. richer. And yeah, I think yeah. what the film really did well was cinematically, visually, absolutely stunning. And I think if it wasn't for Audrey Hepburn in this part, maybe the movie wouldn't have been as successful. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Mm. Well, and I, I think well, hearing the rest of the cast that was considered yeah. or thrown out there, I think it would have been a good a really good film, no matter what. I can I see think, Shirley MacLaine doing yes. really well. I don't this. think Marilyn Monroe would have been good in this version of Holly Golightly, the no. film version. Now, if they kept it like the book, would have been brilliant. Yeah. But I now, don't, yeah, what? This is something I want to see. I want to see the book made. See, I do too. Keep the character I really gay. I want to see what y'all are talking about. And I want to see Paul's, that movie made. Paul's from point Paul's of perspective. View. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would. Because um, I think that would be a really, I want to read the book, but I think that would be a really good movie too that yeah. could be a standalone from this movie. You know, so it's not a sequel. It's a total like. Yeah. Reimagination. As they yeah. Say. Yeah. 
There and it's really interesting with this film. There's so many throughout pop culture since this film came out. There are so many references, so many oh, versions. So handbags. Uh, yeah, handbags. <laughs> the movie we did last week, Love and Other Disasters, was influenced by this film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um the play, the one that producer Rob did, um, Bees is Honey Drown, right? Yeah, was yeah. based off of the book. So there's been mm-hmm. a lot of pop culture references through the year that come from this movie, which I just I really I think it's see really that cool play. that a movie has yeah. that big of an effect on pop culture. That, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Jonesy, before we move on to pairing, how would Mom and Pop Jones reacted to this movie back in the day? Did they ever watch it? Do you know? Uh, no, we did not play a lot of classics in my house. That I'm was surprised. not something that, like, I remember we watched Sound of Music, Bed Knobs on Broomsticks. Oh, I love Bed Knobs on Broomsticks. It's so good. Um, Pete's Dragon. Like, we did Ooh, yeah. those kind of classics, but not we, at all, all the rest of the classics we just ignored and pretended weren't there. And as a little kid, I just was like, black and white means boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, that's funny to me because in my family, it was yeah. like, it did not matter what the subject matter was. They're like, it's old. It's fine for them to watch. Oh, yeah. Same. They I don't think, cuss. Like, they don't cuss. Yeah. They don't show sex. And that's what yeah. my parents, I mean, my oh, parents my goodness. about anything. But they were like, what? They're like, it's black and white. They're, nothing's going to Some happen. of them were like that for so me. So this movie was rated G on the thing I was watching it on. Yeah. And I was just like, what makes this G? If my parents would absolutely be like, this movie is an R. Um, it's about two courtesans. It has child brides drinking and smoking throughout the film. Oh, Strippers, thievery, animal cruelty. No, yeah, they don't cuss and there's no pumping. Yeah. That's no what gets pumping. you in trouble. But this film is considered a cultural, historical, and aesthetically significant by the U.S. Library of Congress and was selected um, to be preserved in the National Film Registry in 2012. Did you know that? I didn't. Well, so, and I think it absolutely should be. I do too. Is it something yeah. that would have ever flown in the Jones household? No. No. Yeah, your <laughs> parents are as a teenager, yeah. like even as me coming home as a teenager who was interested in yeah. theater and film and like I want to watch this classic movie. I'm pretty sure my mom would have turned it off. Mama um, and Papa <laughs> Jonesy were not into the Holly Go Lightly lifestyle. No. 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 Not this would have been right? like literally, I think if they were forced to watch it, they would have said what I said with the evangelical glasses. The reason why her life is so sad. And no one is happy. It's because she just fills it with nothing but sin. So your mom would not like $50 to go to the powder room? You tell me one woman who doesn't want $50 to go to the powder room. You tell me which man don't want $50 to go to the powder room. Anyone outside of the spectrum. Anyone. In or outside of the spectrum. Anybody. Any human. Which human would say no to $50 to go to the powder room? I think even the Martians from Earth Girls Are Easy would take $50. (laughs) <laughs> it took me it's, forever to realize $50 for the powder room, what it kind of really meant. And I was like, oh, oh she's a prostitute. Yes. Getting, yeah. It took me a <laughs> long time to realize. I didn't know for sure if she was, was for a lot longer. Yeah. I knew he was a prostitute faster than I Well, I would say escort. I would use the word escort. I don't escort think he was a kept ever. man. No. Do you think he, he was, was a, a gigolo? No, he was a gigolo. I no, would say in the film. he's just that one lady. 
Yeah, the film version he is. In the but, film version. But That's the sorry, book, not no. in the book. No, no, in the yeah. film version he is just like a kept man. Yeah. I would agree. Um, okay, yeah, we need to keep going. What would yeah. my parents do? <laughs> well, oh, that's good. Good segue. <laughs> a vodka martini and a cigarette. Wait. Oh, wait, let's start that over. Here is, um, give me... Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Me... Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Grace, give me a stinger. So this is the part of the show where we're going to pick a beverage and some nibblies that we would pair with this film. Bren, you can go first. Um, so I mean, like I'm gonna pay. <laughs> I'm gonna pick whiskey that I pay for myself. <laughs> and then a croissant. A croissant. And also a box of Cracker Jacks. <gasps> nice. You know what? I'm gonna pick coffee with Bailey's and a croissant. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. For the iconic for the opening scene and just like add a little booze in there. What about you, Jonesy? I want to do that now. Yeah, don't do you? That. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jonesy? Um, a vodka martini and a cigarette. No food. That's good. Oh, actually, <laughs> that's hunger. Oh. I mean, that's the diet that you <laughs> have if you're Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Just being hungry. So you can wrap that cord around your waist twice. There was a time when Jonesy and I did live off of booze and cigarettes for like a summer. I don't recommend it. I don't either. Not at all. (laughs) But yeah, there was a time. (laughs) Okay, should we revisit our grades? Did we write them down from last week? I think. Um, I think I did. Don't Jonesy. Um, I have. Bren gave it a B plus. Okay. Okay. And Tony gave it an A minus. Okay. Bryn, what would you give it now, this time around? I'm going to take off my nostalgia goggles. Or I'll give Tony, it an A. You gave it an A. Sorry. A, okay. That was the dash for your grade. I'll give it an A. An A? Yeah. Okay. I'll go okay. A. Uh, you know, it went up. It went I, up. Problematic. But, you know, stylistically and what it meant for film in general, A. I'm going to stick with my original grade in A. I am not giving it an A plus because of the problematic issue with Mickey Rooney's character. I can't, in, in good conscience, I cannot do that. <laughs> okay, Jonesy, what would you grade this film? And does it get a stamp in the film Springa Passport for other ex-evangelical, ex-Jehovah Witness, ex-organized religious folks to watch? Um, it definitely gets a stamp in the passport. I think it does need to be seen. It's very iconic. Um, it just helps to know what people are referencing. I did it. I moon river. I was like, that's what this is from. (laughs) You didn't know that? No. Oh my God. (laughs) Not until she started singing it. And then I was like, is she referencing anything else? I was like, I think this is where it originated. The little black (laughs) dress originated from this. Yeah. Well, I knew that too. Uh, but I didn't know the Moon River part. But yeah. I would give this, I think, an A minus. Okay, good. Yeah. Still an A, not quite a B, but it has some points shaved off. Things that don't stand the test of time, yeah. um, and then just other little things. Yeah. Have okay. you ever, Jonesy? Have you ever mean? seen um, How to Marry a Millionaire with oh, so Lauren no. Bacall, uh, Marilyn Monroe, and who is the third one in good. it? I can't is remember. Is it Joan? Lauren Bacall. Ava, it's not Ava Gardner. No, is it? it might be Ava Gardner. 
But there is this is why I call Jonesy Jonesy because Lauren Bacall's character is called Chauncey, right? Chauncey. <laughs> that yep. Chauncey. And I can't <laughs> believe you've never seen that movie. I we'll have to, add it to, we'll have to add it to the list. Okay, now it's time to announce the movie for next week. <laughs> and in, <laughs> in honor of the Christmas season, Bryn, what mm-hmm. is the pick for next week? Our next movie is the family, completely appropriate favorite, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yay! Is it appropriate? Look at everybody no, so excited. Not, oh, <laughs> Our whole audience is so excited they can't <laughs> shut up. Thank you. <laughs> yes, National um, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched this in a long time, but it is a classic. And I think. Everybody watches it during Christmas. Everybody does. I yes. love it. It's, it's a classic so fun. Christmas movie. And what funny. would you grade it? I'm giving it an A. You are? I got to give yeah. it an A+. Plus. I got to give oh, it Oh, I mean A+. Plus. You always one-up me. A+. I, plus. I give it an A+. Plus too. <laughs> okay, Jonesy, based off of the title and the movie poster, what do you think it's about? Um, A family Christmas where everything goes wrong because it's Chevy Chase. Um, and I know, I think the brother or uncle and his family come and more things go wrong. That's um, it. That's, that's yeah, it. I, I know You're about right. this movie. We were never allowed to watch anything yeah. National Lampoon. It's a bit of a more plot than <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. But. It, it is, there is more of a linear plot than Breakfast yes. at Tiffany's, though I don't think it occupies the same space in cinema no, history. Oh, <laughs> no, it does not. Maybe, Probably but not. for other reasons. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it's definitely a part of American movie yeah. Christmas culture. Yeah. Like, I love so. Beverly D'Angelo in this film. Oh, she's so, so good. good. I love her. So she's good. a stone cold weirdo. I do. I, I know. And she's so good in this film. <laughs> yep. But yes, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is our next film. So this week Woo! or before our next episode, go out and watch it. So then you can discuss it, talk about it um, along with us. But that is it for us this week. You can follow Yay! us on um, Instagram, where Film Spring on. We're Insta- on Facebook, where Film Spring on. You can email us at filmspringapodcast at gmail. Let us know if you get the six degrees between Audrey Hepburn yes, please, and Chevy me. Chase. I am dying to see if anybody can We will read this. them and your name. I am yes. literally yes. dying. Give me a big old shout out because <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> yes, and follow the podcast on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, anywhere you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Um, leave us a good review. It helps us out a lot. Also, you can watch us every Friday night on Out at TV. Um, so make sure you check out Out at TV. They have a bunch of other great content on there, not just our show. Um, and our sister show, Who Invited Her, is on there too. So, um, yeah, that is it for us this week. And we will see everybody next time. Bye, watch everybody. Bye, guys. Yeah, go watch the movie. Go watch the movie. Stay inside. Yeah, stay inside.